0: welcome to the what I wish podcast my name is Enkechi Aguenu I chit chat with other women in my life about childhood experiences and how they shape us as adults we also dive into other relationships like marriage parenting and navigating male-female relationships I hope you enjoy the conversations
1: yes well this was a nice warm-up a small talk Yes,
0: I love it. We will have like interesting stories to tell about how all this came together.
1: Yes, that is very true. That is very true. And eventually I'm gonna get on board with this technology thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and or we'll right. hire someone. <laughs> You know, I don't have an interest in something, I just find someone else who does, and I stay out of it.
1: Yes, that's a good thing. I need to... Um, I usually do. I usually do. So I'm going to ask around about this thing <laughs> see who fix yeah. this with the one click of a button. Agreed. Hey, Anna, could you introduce yourself? well my name is anna and i am the founder of project bu it is a nonprofit dedicated to youth we teach communication skills public speaking skills leadership skills to instill confidence pretty much we help our kids to find their voices to stay themselves to be true to themselves and to make a difference Okay.
0: What um, brought about you starting the nonprofit?
1: Well, as almost every mother has a story about their children, it started, the project started with just a class for my older son because he needed a place to practice his communication skills when he was a senior in high school. He needed to get ready for the college interviews, for job interviews. And when I looked around, there weren't any classes available for him to take to learn communication skills. And unfortunately he didn't have options to take those classes in school so i started teaching him myself with the platform on toastmasters international and from there it kind of grew and grew and grew because his friends wanted me to teach them and then the friends of my daughter Parents started saying, Well, our kids wanted to. So, what started is just classes for my kids, is now a place where we go through two or three hundred students uh, a year and teaching oh. them the skills we've been around for seven years now. So, we can say that we have um, experience, we figure we're figuring things out, we're learning fun, we're enjoying things, and most importantly, we're touching lives of the youth all around us.
0: Excellent. I love it. Um, Why did you name it Project BU?
1: The idea was to teach the kids how to take of who they are the unique themselves because each one of us have the qualities that we bring to this world we have a purpose we have a reason to be here and teach them how to use those skills of who they are and their personalities and Teach them how to be in this world, how to adapt to this world, how to function in this world without changing of who they are. So the reason it is Project BU, because we are staying true to ourselves and we are learning the skills necessary for us to function in this world, if you will, for us to be able to switch if we need to from being introverts to extroverts, from being extroverts to introverts without having to change of who we are. And that's pretty much why it is a Project B. We are embracing who we are and learning how to adapt, adjust, and function in this world without changing ourselves.
0: Excellent. So in your opinion, why do you think it's important for kids to have good communication skills from an early age? Well,
1: to me, communication is like magic think of it this way with just one word you can fall in love you can start a war. You can build someone up or you can destroy someone's confidence and shred it in pieces. So to me, teaching children this magic of communication, this power of words can open up so many opportunities, possibilities and doors for them. If they know how to communicate, they can listen to each other. They can share ideas. They can collaborate. They can create. They can function. They can feel understood if they express expressing themselves effectively when others understand them and they understand others. Communication skills, a lot of people think that communication skills or public speaking skills, it's a stage, it's a camera, it's lights, it's a spotlight. But in reality, communication is you telling another person how you feel, establishing the boundaries, establishing relationships, work relationship, romantic relationship, or any other relationships that we have. So communication is so much more than just stage cameras. It is everyday skill that we need to find the jobs, to make friends, to blend in, to stand out. There's so many things that communication skills bring.
0: And what it talk to me about your process. So how do you what age group do you work with?
1: I have a broad spectrum of the age groups I have students as younger as kindergartners who are learning how to make friends on the playground and I have teenagers, high schoolers who are going into the interviews for the schools of their lives as their dream schools so it's a broad spectrum but what I'm discovering is that the strategy is very similar. My my approach to learning is when we are relaxed and we feel comfortable and confident we are learning our minds are opened up so most of my learning is based on positive association so we are balancing that scale between I can't with oh I just did that so we're doing baby steps small little games in a sense activities um, and different things that we do during the class to show them to make them feel it I am a big believer that for us to retain some kind of an information, we have to feel it. We have to experience it. It has to be on the emotional level rather than the logical part. So while explaining them how to do it, we're also doing it in a different in a different approach, in different activities. For example, they a lot of them come and say, I don't I don't I don't know how to talk to other people. I don't know how to present. And I don't argue with that. I said, okay, well let's try something else. How about Um, Show me something on your desk. Show me something that you like. Do you like holding in your hand while you're talking? Or is there a favorite toy that you have? Or what's your favorite item in your closet? And they start talking. And once they're done talking, I can point it out and say, hey, guess what? You just talked to me. And all of a sudden, you see their eyes light up and they go, oh, wow. Is that how easy that is? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, we have this positive emotion with, oh, I can do that. So my goal really with classes is to have that scale balanced where we do have our experience where we're learning something, but at the same time, we have experience where, oh, wow, I did it. And with that positive association with the project-based activities that we have and a lot of encouragement and praise, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. What –
0: um well let me ask this so I read on the 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 information sheet that you sent back to me you said that um at one point your kids told you that you had to be a better parent how did that change you how did that change change your relationship with them and how
1: did that help um projects Well, part of the communication is feeling safe and okay to share your thoughts and ideas. And it comes from insight in a sense, but when it comes to parenting, a lot of it comes with how safe, in a sense, kids feel to share their true feelings with the parents. Because naturally, kids are born to please their parents because they depend on us as their little for survival. So it is a natural instinct to say what the parent want to hear or to do right. what the parent want you to do. So for me, establishing the safe environment where the child functions based on what they need versus what they think I need. To me, that was a very important process that it took, it took a few years of uh, work of talking to my kids, talking to professionals, for me talking to all kind of people who are in, in, in this field and for us to establish this field where we can talk to each other with with my kids and share what it is that they feel what it is that they need and for them to express their thoughts and their opinions and it was it was interesting conversation when my daughter was having a long day and I was talking her back in bed at night and I was thinking I was thinking I was building her up with telling her how good things that she did and how much I love her and how much I'm proud of her. And she stopped me and she said, mom, I know you love me. But what you're doing right now is not what i need and that was kind of a crazy things and when i ask her i am i would love to give you what you need what it is that you think you need right now and she didn't know at the moment because sometimes it's hard for kids to really point out and say hey this is what i need right now but for her to say that and for me to hear it without falling apart or being defensive or trying to fix it in the moment and just say, okay, I'm I'm sorry, that wasn't what you needed. And maybe we should just leave it at that for now. But a few days later, she came and she said, you know, I just needed a hug. I didn't need words. I just needed a hug. And it went back to sometimes we forget but we know it a love language of a child i'm, I'm sure yes. you've probably heard of it so i offered her for us to take a test to see what would be her love language what would be the best way for me to show her my love and sure enough her primarily love language at the moment was a physical touch so whatever mm-hmm. words i was saying was just going in one ear and out of another and it was just frustrating her because she wasn't getting what she needed but because we do have that place established where she can tell me what she needs it was more of her sharing and telling it to me so now I know and now I start asking hey baby I see that you have you know a challenge or you you have an alone day What do you think I can do? Can I give you a hug? Can I sit next to you? Would you like for me to make you a tea? So I am starting to give her an option and asking her what it is that she thinks she needs. But we didn't get here overnight. It was work. It was a lot of, honestly, it was some disappointment. There were ups and downs. They were crying because we were at some point felt both hopeless and helpless because we didn't know how to use the words to communicate so it took baby steps it really took baby steps and a few years of us to be where we are now and i'm loving this space where i can have this conversation with her and say how can i how can i help you how can i support you right now what it is that you need right now and she is aware of it at the point where she can tell me what it is in most cases what what it is that she needs
0: I love it. So, tell me, what baby steps do you think parents should take to create the um, safe space for kids to come and talk to them?
1: Well, there's so many things that comes to mind. I would say the very first thing that I advise most of my students' parents do is to take that love language uh, test or read on it so you understand what it is that you need to feel comforted, to feel loved, what it is that your kids need, so you understand how to provide that to them. And that comes handy in a, in a in a short moments, in the moments of outbursts, in a scary moment where you can give that support that they need. Another thing would be, as a parent, it's hard to hear that we are not doing something right because we are really, really trying. And there's no doubt about that. But understanding that... If we as parents fall apart at the moment when child is trying to communicate with us, that becomes unsafe for them. So realizing that we... It's not personal. It is something that the child is expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not, they're not attacking us. They still love us. They're not telling us that we are like the horrible parents ever. They're just sharing and understanding it and changing. It takes time also, but approaching it from a curiosity mindset. When you look at it and say, okay, tell me more so I understand better. So, kind of having that instead of jumping in, instead of fixing it, instead of judging it, instead of trying to fix it somehow, just go with it with okay, help me understand you better. Can you tell me? Can you explain it? And then, if you as a parent feel that something is triggering you, then that could be your challenge something that may not even have to do with your child this can be anything to do with your childhood as a parent it could be mm-hmm. something that your parents had told you it could be something that your inner child is hurting but then you mix in it with your real child and then that becomes like an um, like an avalanche where you're not sure what to do with emotions i right. it took me a while to realize it but Now I know I was raised in a family of perfectionists. So to me, the standards were always high to everything that I do. And now looking back, I realized that I well they meant very well and they did the best they could and they did it to challenge me to become better and I am in a sense thankful for that but I'm looking back and I'm thinking okay I grew up with the sense of I'm not enough because every time my parents would say oh you can do this or you can do this better we kind of skipped the part of celebrating what I did do and we started getting into oh next time we can do this and the next 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 time we're going to step it up and next time it's going to this happen. So I felt like I always have to keep trying. So I stood back a little bit with my children and I am taking my moments to celebrate their little victories and pointing out specifically what it is that I think they did right and what it is that I'm proud of with them. And that's another important part. We as a parents very often notice the things that kids do wrong uh, when they don't make up their bed, when they don't do the dishes, when they don't get a good grade, but how often do we go back and say, hey, thank you for making up a bed today or thank you for washing your cup. It's going back to the positive association, right? So reminding the parents to notice the things that the kids do right so you're balancing that scale with okay, this is what happened really good. This is what we can do better. But at the same time, we have an equal amount of things on both sides. So I would advise, another things I would advise parents is to notice all the things that the kids do right. Because throughout the day, if you just change your mindset into, okay, let's just notice the good things that they do, I'm pretty sure the list is going to be pretty long. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and I think that would be another thing. I I can as you can tell I have stories I'm a storyteller so I have no, I love it.
0: and that's why I'm so quiet I'm enjoying it. <laughs> um, so you touched a bit on your childhood. Um, talk to me more about how your childhood experiences affected you as um, an adult, and then
1: impacted you as a parent? Well, I think I started a little bit with the whole perfectionist family. So in a sense, now looking back, when I started the classes, I wanted to teach my kids things that I wished my parents would teach me, and, and a lot of it was in the communication part with the small talk, with the networking, with the storytelling. But at the same time, I've noticed that the kids who come to my classes do... They, they're hungry for encouragement. Again, going yeah. back for us not noticing the good things that they do. So as I start using the positive words and encouragement and nature I start noticing that every time I say it I feel emotional and I start asking myself a question what it is that's triggering that emotion why is this word bringing up some kind of a reaction and I've noticed that I was in a sense underpraised as a child as well and as I was teaching these classes at some point it was a crazy thought I realized that the main reason intuitively i've created it is for my inner child It's, it's, it's crazy to say but it's almost as through this last few years as i was teaching classes and i was thinking okay i am helping the kids i'm reaching out i'm making a difference But at the same time, I felt that I was healing my inner child. It's almost as if with them, I gave my inner child what what she was missing through her adolescence. And that comes back to one big thing that I wanted to bring. Is the best thing we can do for, for the parent as a parent is to be that adult we wish we had when we were little. And that's and that's kind of summarizes my childhood, the experience in my childhood. Intuitively, my inner child had led me to these classes because it needed healing. So okay. through my classes, I became that person I wanted to have when I was growing up.
0: Hmm. What um, and you know the topic of the podcast is what I wish my mother taught me. So I have the same experience there are just things as a parent that i noticed that i did not know so things like just making my bed in the morning really simple things you know um or validation you know just receiving validation and that's what sparked this that there are things that you know as adults we missed out on as children and then it builds into our adulthood and then as parents we tend to make the same mistakes unless we decide to, you know, be intentional about our parenting. So that's so interesting that you and I have the same mindset about being the adult that we wish we had when we were younger. So um, what are the lessons that you've learned in the past seven years of working with children that you have learned?
1: Wow, there's so many. If I can start making, you know how they show in the movies when the Santa brings out the list of all the good kids and the naughty kids? <laughs> so I feel like that if you'd ask me for a list, I think it will go for, for days. But I think being that, of course, being that person that the kids needed, needed, that I needed it growing up, that was the big takeaway. Another thing was to... When there are no expectations, and of course, I'm realizing that as parents, we have a lot of expectations for our kids, right? We want them, I mean, ultimately, as, a, as a parents, we mean well, and there's no doubt about it. We want our kids to have less hardship that we've had. We want them to be successful. We want them to enjoy life, Like. like. Life. (laughs) We want them to. We want them to pretty much be happy, right? When it comes down to it, but we go in about it in a funny ways when we make them take classes they hate, (laughs) or when we make them do things they don't like. And of course, it's a part of parenthood. But my daughter, and again, going back to my daughter, I have an interesting story of how she put things in perspective and how we as parents mix things up sometimes. I wanted her to take a chess classes and I kind of talk her into it. Let, let's try it. Maybe you like playing chess and, and, and it, it's a good game to have. It develops all kinds of skills. So I logically reasoned with her and she was like, I'm not sure about it, but okay, I'll, I'll take this 10, 10 classes, whatever that was the session. And she was a petite. Just come sit and and maybe you learn a few things too. Just be there with me. I don't want to be by myself. So I said, okay, we'll do it together. So through the 10 sessions, she sat on the front, did her thing. I sat on the back. I was thinking I'm learning chess, but, you know, how much can you learn sitting on the back? I mean, as, as much as right. you can. And when the 10 sessions were done, she was like, okay, I'm done. I did what you asked me to. I don't want to do this anymore. This is not my thing. And I was trying to talk her into it. And I was like, but this is so good. You need to keep going need to keep learning and she stopped me with this look on her face and she was like mom I think you should take a chess class because it sounds to me like you want to play chess and I stood there for a second was like oh my god this is something that I really wanted to learn as I was a kid yeah. And somehow, unintentionally, I projected something that I wanted to learn into her. And again, going back to having communication when she was like, with my boundaries, no this is not mine mom and you need to if you want to take a chess, go take a chess and enjoy it and have fun with it and she, she was even funny she was like do you want me to sit on the back with you I'll come with you <laughs> and sit on the back so to me I think as a parent we do that sometimes again unintentionally because we want our kids to have all the things we didn't have we want our kids to do all the things we weren't able to do but did we ask them? And and again, going back to some things, you just need to push them and challenge them and encourage them and make them do things. But when it comes to some things, to having a conversation, asking them, hey, let's have a conversation with this. This is why I think you should do it. How do you feel about it? So let's 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 have a discussion versus it's a dictatorship. I'm going to tell you, you're going to do it, and we're going to be done with it. So having those discussions and conversation. Honestly, I don't remember how your question started. <laughs>
0: so uh, how I got question to this was, point. <laughs> my question was: What are the lessons that you've learned in the past seven years of working with children?
1: So a lot of them complain with that that sometimes parents make us do things that we don't enjoy we don't like we don't understand so having a conversation with our kids to to see what they really feel because you can reason with them you can give yes. them reasons and benefits and logical explanation again with the love language you can encourage them in the way they hear you and they feel loved yep. And so having a conversation and asking them, I I think a lot of times, think of it this way, when we run a business, right? We do a survey with our customers. We ask them, hey, how did we do? What was your, how was your experience like? And we all try to be a better parent, but we're reading books about it. We go into the seminars with parents teaching parents, but how often do we come to our kids, our customers, kids, and say, yeah. hey, how am I doing? Like, w- w- what are you feedback to me? <laughs> I, I haven't met a parent. Well, I've met a few, but in general, parents don't do that. They don't ask kids what the kids need I mean, we're trying to give kids all the the best we can but we don't ask them what they want or what they need so that could be another thing another complaint that i've learned from the kids in a good sense complain that i wish my parents would ask me what i want and what i like and have a discussion with me and they would hear and and they would hear what, what i have to say and the biggest thing Um, one of the biggest things that the kids say, two things actually, is when the parents tell us that the little Susie or Johnny or whatever, whoever it is, did a good job and and, and I wish that next time you would be like them, what the kids hear is that they're not enough. So not comparing kids to one another, it's something that, that my students had often address in their speeches when they say, you know, I wish my parent um, would not compare me to other students because we are all truly different. And it's the reason why your kid often says, I don't want you at my competition. I don't want you at my game. I don't want you to be there. And when I start asking my students, but why wouldn't you want your loving parent be there to support and encourage you? they would say because they're going to compare me to another's and they're going to tell me what i can do better and i don't want that so stop comparing kids to other kids in front of our kids that's something and of course again there's a balance between challenging them and maybe pointing out a few good things or a bad thing i mean, not a bad things a room for improvement we should say yeah often they okay. hear that they're not enough yeah, that's that's something that the kids would bring up that comparison and that's another lesson so there's so many lessons every class I teach I take away a certain things and a better understanding I think of a youth, of, of their needs, of what it is that they are lacking and what we can do as adults and as an ed- educators, as parents to support them better because high school is hard middle school is hard elementary school is hard and being that parent or being that adult that i wish i've had makes a difference at least in the classes with my students yeah
0: um Speaking of middle school, my daughter's going into middle school in 2 days. Oh no. Well, already. Okay. I don't know what's the word. <laughs> I, don't know. I I will text you and let you know on Wednesday morning. Okay. <laughs> how does she how does she feel about it? Well, the school, they're really um it's a private school, so they're it it's it they're very good at how excited to get the kids. So, okay before the school year ended last year we had a party the kids went to the middle school they visited, they spent a whole day in the middle school they got to see the lockers so it's been there's like a great anticipation because they've been introduced to it and tomorrow we get to go to the school and we decorate her locker for the first time so we've been making it more about the excitement okay. and less about the work. So we bought um, wallpaper for the locker, we bought shelves, we bought magnets, so we bought a lot of locker decorations. Okay. Um, That's so cool, yeah, isn't it? Yes. And then she, she and her friends, she and her two other friends, they've been coordinating decorations and things, so it's exciting. Um, but Reality will hit on Wednesday When it's actually school And not all about the lockers um, For me, I don't know It's just weird The time just went by really fast Really, really fast I I don't know how I feel about it because you know, It's, it's
1: um, hard My oldest one Is a year away from graduating From a law school in New York And I'm looking oh my back goodness. He's going to be 24 in September And I'm looking back And I'm thinking How fast was it? Just yesterday he was like little thing we were working on pipe training. (laughs) So I totally, I totally get it. I don't like it. I don't like it, but I don't like it. um, It is a part of life, but you know, as you were telling me about the middle school, I thought of something that um, some of my students brought up and I tried it with my daughter and i start telling her that even though you go into school like by yourself you're not by yourself i'm with you so you are not facing this alone you are not dealing with this alone i am here to listen to you and if anything that i can do to help it or make it better i'm here i'm here for you and she said that that phrase that she's not doing it alone like the idea of I've also told my daughter that I'm always on your side. Um, that's that's another thing that kids had mentioned um, in the classes often that the parents take teacher side or like another student side or any other yeah. side, and the kids feel alone. And I start telling my daughter, even though words are not her love language, but he still she still hears them. Of course, I can yeah. say you're not by yourself i'm here so if something that needs to happen with school i will go i will talk to your teacher i will i will address it but i am always on your side and yes. maybe saying that to your daughter that she's not by herself you guys are doing this together and you can even share your your feelings about it and say hey i'm nervous it's it's a first day of a middle school i am with you i'm excited but at the same time i'm nervous a little bit because sometimes as a parent, we're trying to be the stuff cookies and we don't show our feelings. Yes. But kids want us to show their feelings. And I don't mean like losing our minds and you know, totally going into the nervous breakdowns, but they they feel them anyway. And if we try to hide them, it only confuses them. But if you come out and and we start doing that with my daughter as well, when I come out and say, hey, I'm nervous, I am upset, I'm just labeling my feeling, I don't have to share the whole thing with her, but I'm labeling it and I'm saying, I'm nervous. Or I'm tired or this is frustrating just labeling that makes a difference to the kids because they realize that we have emotions too and we can share the emotions with them so saying that I am I'm nervous because it's the first day of school and I I wish I can just magic have a magic wand and say ta-da! it's all going to be a perfect day but whatever it brings we're gonna do it together
0: yeah, I said to her. I, I said to her, you know, um, when she was in elementary school, I would be at the school, volunteering, and stuff. So I said, "Can I continue?" She said, "No. <laughs> you see, you must. ask." she said no let's just wait and see what other parents are doing and then we can decide
1: Very <laughs> good. so you are a wise woman to ask what she needs and i think when we yeah. ask it makes it so much easier because we know what they want <laughs> At least yeah, you have that
0: started me- no that makes me really sad because she said no <laughs> but you know what she's
1: establishing the boundaries
0: she that's her
1: preference and she feels safe to tell you that. So that's I that's know, an accomplishment. Yeah. So look at it as a way. Okay, she feels secure and safe and confident with me she trusts me enough to share this with me and to establish her boundaries because that's when kids learn to establish the boundaries with the parents so it's big to me in my book at least every time my child establishes the boundaries it makes me proud because again as a kid I was not allowed to establish my boundaries so I have to learn boundaries as I was an adult when I started saying wait this doesn't look right this doesn't feel good I don't want to do this but with them now they're establishing it with their parents that's how it starts that's when the whole say no to drugs say no to abuse say no to whatever it is it starts at home when the kids feel okay to say no thank you mom I know, I know you are the most wonderful mom. I'm sure that's what she thinks, but she's more like, but this is my space. I want to figure this out on my own. So I know it's a little sad, but you find another ways And when you ask her and have uh, conversation with her, maybe she would rather have a coffee with you after school or like an ice cream. And that's your bonding time with her. Oh, I'm gonna figure that
0: out. So you can always do as a parent. <laughs> so the last time we spoke, you talked about um, you have insight as to what the basic needs of kids are from their perspective. Do you want to dive into that a bit? We can kind of. Well, I've been. I feel
1: like I've been talking. You about have been, this For yeah. a long time, but yeah. I can bring it to a summary, I think, and I have my little notes here. So the most important thing would be to be that adult you wish you had when you were a child. And think of it this way, when you have a long day and you come home and you have that person that you talk to, whether it's a significant other or whoever else you talk to, Sometimes you just want them to listen to you, right? You don't want them to fix anything. You don't want them to judge. You don't want them to tell you, oh, you did this wrong or you messed up. They just want, you just want that first initial connection of listening. And I think that goes back to that being that adult, because you don't always need to fix things. You just want someone to listen to. So be that parent who can listen. Instead of that, yeah. that's one of the things that the kids say that parents lecture us instead of listening. So, yeah, and you know what's interesting? I'm a fixer. Yes, and we
0: all are as parents. We have to be to make every, to make it work. It is. Yeah, I'm a fixer, and I have to. I do have to learn to not jump into fix mode. Just listen mode. I don't know how to do that. I'm. as soon as I hear what the issues are problems are, I jump in with yes. 10 million ideas on how we can improve it, we can make it better, we can fix it. I'm I'm a fixer. Yes. But
1: all those are your solutions. They may or may not may not work for your children. So listening was one of the harder skills I had to learn. And you know, to be honest, I've I was through this whole conversation you and I having, I was debating if I should be vulnerable and I should say. But I, I did go and got myself a therapist because I realized mm-hmm. that there are so many, so many challenges that I have inside of me that prevented me from being the best parent I can be. And one of the first skill that she taught me was to be able to listen and not try to fix things and to have that curiosity mindset mindset when instead of saying okay this is how we fix it going for tell me more i am curious i want to make sure i understand you and it took me it took me a few years honestly to get in the mindset of listener But you know, and and I'm going to have the self-promotion, not really self-promotion, but promotion going through a toastmasters international and going through their club meetings where we listen to the speeches and give each other evaluations it's mm-hmm. a really good practice of getting in that mindset of listening when you're giving a feedback because in order for you to give a feedback you have to really listen for little pieces that you can give a feedback on so i would say that my public speaking career my communication career helps me every day to be a better listener so being that being that listener uh, and and i can tell you more offline about it but giving the evaluations is teaching you to be a better listener so you get in a mindset of okay i'm listening now i'm not responding i'm not reacting i'm listening so that's, I know, we keep, I keep telling my stories and I keep deviating from the list. I love it. No, it's good. I told you, it's just a conversation. So wherever it goes,
0: it goes. Yes. So
1: listen and don't lecture. Don't compare. Mm-hmm. And we talked about comparison. And don't think that you know it all. That's one thing that we've we've kind of talked about different things. Think about it this way. When you were a kid, it was at least 20, 30 years ago, Right. Things were different. TV shows were different. Environment was different. Not good or bad. It was just different. We had different food we ate. We had different programs we watched. We read different books. We were surrounded by different people. So how can we assume that we know all the solutions for the kids 30 years later. I mean, you wouldn't use the same computer program from 30 years ago, right? You wouldn't use the same computer program from 10 years ago. So it's, it's, it's interesting for us as a parents to go to this default setting, I know better. We really, like, are we really? Do we really? We, we're not there with the kids. When we went to school, we didn't have to worry about the kids getting shot every time we let them out of our sight, right? So, and the kids have that pressure in a sense of the violence. They hear it, no matter how much we shelter them, we really don't know. So they have different pressures. They have different challenges. So our solutions, yes, it's a life experience, but again, going back to be that that adult that you wished you had, when you have a challenge, did you really want someone to tell you that they know better, or did you just want someone to be there for you? So it comes to that, we really don't, we do have an experience, that's no doubt about it, however, so do they. They have experience, they have knowledge, they have thoughts, they have feelings, and having an open communication where they can openly share with you, whether it's right or wrong, that's the next step. The first step is to just go for, let's talk about this. How do you see it? And often, in a lot of smart books, they say... If you talk with your child, often the child comes up with the solution for that challenge. And it's their solution, so they're most likely to implement it versus going with your advice, saying thank you to you in your face, and never going with it or never doing it because it's not for them. It's not. It's not. It's for you. Yeah. It works for you. And it worked for you 30 years ago. <laughs> I, should re- I, should, you know, I have to remind that myself too, when I want to jump in and give advice. And, and my daughter, again, with this boundary, she would come and she was like, Mom, I don't want your story please listen I just want you to to be here and hear what I'm saying and you know so she's helping me to get into the mindset of no lecture you don't know any better let's just hear me out (laughs) Mm -hmm. so now as an adult
0: are there things that you had to learn on your own that you wish someone else had taught you
1: there are a few skills, and communication skills is probably one of the biggest skills that I had to learn as an adult. Networking, small talk. How do you, how do you have that switch? I am uh, originally deep down inside. I'm an introvert. I prefer. <laughs> Quiet places, I like reading a book I like to be by myself. But with the line of work, you know how they say that the best therapists are the one with the biggest traumas? Yeah, well, I think with was this one the same thing because it was my biggest challenge of being able to communicate. It's something that I've learned, I mastered. I, well. I guess right. that's a selfless promotion. I'm learning. I shouldn't say I'm mastered, but I am good at it. It's something that I know. It's something but you that can I understand. understand. You mastered it? <laughs> yes. You can't and, say you mastered it. You can teach courses
0: on it. Absolutely.
1: You and, mastered and it. Yes. Yeah, so the communication when when the parents come to me and say, "What is one skill that I need to teach my kids?" I would say communication because if they can use their words, they can they can get the job. They can share ideas, they can innovate, they can create, they can collaborate if they know how to use their words effectively. So communication is the bigger skill that I had to taught myself. And again, Toastmasters International is an amazing way to get into communication skills because there are adults around you who are learning the same thing. And you're all facing the fear of public speaking together that creates the bond where you truly learn and instill that confidence that you can. So, and, and I think that makes me... That teacher and that coach, that communicator, because I understand the pain of not having the skill. Because I wasn't born with the skill, I learned it, and I, I think that's why I can relate to the kids who come in in class and have their camera off for the first few sessions because they just terrified. And I yeah, I have it.
0: I have an issue with that. I'm I'm terrible. I don't like networking. I'm terrible with I'm an introvert like the true definition of an introvert I don't like public speaking I, I, I occasionally have to do media for work and I hate it it's, <laughs> and because I hate it so much my boss pushes me to do it because she says yep. the only way to get better is you just do it um, but it's, it's a challenge for me because I'd really rather
1: just be behind the scenes well but guess what you are doing it you're doing it now, you're doing it with me, we didn't know each other two weeks ago you oh, yeah. networked and you are telling the stories and you are communicating and it's being able to point out that there is something curious with that, that there is, again, balancing that off, not denying that yeah, this is this terrified and this is hard, but also noticing like, oh like five minutes of this terrified conversation, I actually had fun and I enjoyed it. And when you start pointing out, you going back to balancing. Well, yes, you prefer to do these things, but you also have that switch that allows you to function. And that's one thing that I hope and I work on to teach my students to have that switch, to be able to say, I'm an introvert and I'm okay with being an introvert, but right now I have my switch and I'm going into the mode where I have to function, I have to network, I have to ask questions. And when you start noticing that you are switching and it's actually some parts of it feels good and curious and adventurous. And when you start noticing it, you start balancing the scale. And I've had, I, I rarely work. I started my career with adults as a corporate trainer. But in, in, in the current years, I work with children, but time after time, the parents would come in and say, hey, I really need you. Can you please, please, please? Can you help time? me? <laughs> Can you help me? Can you spend some time with me? So I do take adult clients time after time and the biggest feedback and the biggest accomplishments I have, they, they would say, okay, I'm not scared of a small talk anymore. That was one of my students who came in and say, I got promoted because I'm no longer terrified of the meetings because I have to speak. I can actually stand up and share my thoughts, ideas, and I'm thankful for you for that. So, I do
0: stories. I'm I'm terrified (laughs) during board meetings. So, we have board meetings um, once a month, and it's not my favorite time
1: of the month, but...
0: um, but I might look into Toastmasters.
1: Yes. And you know, you have me now. I can. I have you. Yes. yes we can have a whole new podcast of teaching. We parents. can.
0: <laughs> we can. Something to look forward to. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. So we All right. On this. I can help you. You're not alone. <laughs> I can help you figure this out. What lessons would you say your mom did instill in you?
1: well she is very 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 determined a woman so with her i've learned to keep going and Mm. to not um to find the ways out like when a lot of times we think oh there's no options to fix this or there's no choices and she would say you know what we always have a choices we may not always like the choices so she taught me to recognize the choices and be able to see them so there are options to say okay i can do this i can do this i don't like either one of those but those are still choices. So she taught me to look beyond the idea of there's only, you know, if, there, if you don't like the choices, it's, it's hopeless. There's no way out. So, so that's one thing. Um, she also, I watched her being an amazing wife. And I watched her taking care of my dad. So I'm taking some of the lessons from her of how to be accommodating to the people in my life, how to sometimes make a choice between do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? And I often ask myself that question when there is certain things that I need to address. (laughs) And I start thinking, okay, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? And those are a few most important ones that comes to mind right now. And... That's just a part of growing up. I mean, granted that there are always ups and downs in any kind of lives or relationships, but those lessons that I've asked myself, I think made me a better overall, uh, I don't want to say a woman, but overall human being of being there Mm -hmm. for others right? without having to sacrifice myself. That is something, um, that I saw from her because in, in the family, again, in a family of perfectionists, I've also had my dad who would put others first. So I watched him sacrifice his happiness, sacrifice his, his mental health, his physical health or everything else on the sake of others. And I watched my mom who would balance that off with, I don't want to do this right now. I don't feel like it i do what i want (laughs) so i i i'm learning now as an adult to take the both best from both worlds and balance it where there are times when you do have to jump in and say okay i'm all in and i'm going to do whatever it takes for the sake of a group or a company or or whatever and then also balance it with i need to be alone right now like whatever it is that you need to solve I am not the one to solve it. <laughs> so I'm, that's something that I'm, I admire about my my mom. This this selfishness of hers in a good way. We also think the selfishness is a bad thing, but she showed me that it's necessary for us to to be safe, to be yeah. to to safeguard our boundaries.
0: To say no, yeah, to say no. I'm I'm learning that um, in the last two years. I've learned that, you know, I'm better when I am interested in what I'm saying yes to. Mm -hmm. When I say yes to things that I'm I don't really want to say yes to, but I'm doing it to make others happy. It does not work for me. I don't do it well. I don't apply joy to it and it doesn't work. So I've I've learned to assess and really say no when i'm not interested in helping or when i'm not interested in doing something because i only give it my all when it is something that i am interested in and genuinely want
1: to give of my time to that's a very wise discovery that that you're making and now with this question that you asked me i'm sitting here and i'm thinking I need to reflect and make a bigger list for all the things that my mom does right because you know how we are looking back and we're like oh yeah they did this I didn't like how they did this or they didn't do this right and now that I'm talking about it I'm thinking huh I don't have a balance with my parents I have a lot of things that I wish they would do better. But I also need to balance it with the list of things that they did amazing and they were good at. And I think that's pretty much practice what you preach exercise right now. like My aha moment with you right now is yeah. balance my list off because I realizing that it's one-sided. So I need to reflect on my childhood and, and make a bigger list of all the things that my parents were amazing at because they were truly, yeah. they, they were truly did the best could in, in the time that they were raising my sister and I, so thank you for some for this for this curious question, and I am and I'm learning right now. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking. Yes, yes. Let's do this. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you do know. You do know. Um, with parents, yes, they they can only give what they do, what they have to give. They can't give what they don't have to give, and sometimes. Parents, it's not the words, it's really just the actions. You know, it could be a mother who actually goes to work every day. Now, to a child, you're like, you work too hard. You're always working. You work too much. You work too much. But instinctively, as a child, what you're, what she's quietly teaching you, that hard work pays off. You know, you have to work hard. Or a parent who, Like, you never hear your parents argue. doesn't mean they don't argue, you know? And you may see that one parent is angry and the other isn't. The other isn't, is taking the anger or not reacting to the anger of the other parent. And you, as a child, you're like, say something, you know? Say something, don't let the parent speak to you in that way. But what that parent is teaching you is it's okay to just be quiet. You know, you don't have to be aggressive towards another human being. So I think what we miss as adults or as children and then eventually as adults is we don't realize that even in the quiet moments, just in the actions of our parents, we learn so much. You know, we're so focused on what they are doing or not doing, what they're saying or not saying, but not in like you just said, your dad you know, would sacrifice for the joy of other people. That's such a great lesson that you can take from your, your dad, you know, that he was selfless in a, in a sense, you know? Um, so I'm glad I was able to spark some curiosity around that. Um, all right. Do you have any questions for me? I've wasted like over an hour of your time. I'm so sorry.
1: Oh, no. This wasn't wasted at all. This was a pretty insightful and an amazing conversation, and your insights with, with parenting. And, and, and yes, you're right. The parent can only give what they have. And I think I, I realized a few things as I was talking with you so this was pretty like this was almost as um as good as the therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and i think as a parent as an adult we should have more of this when we are vulnerable when we are willing to yes. To put ourselves out there and I agree. point out that, oh yeah, there is, I have a flaws and the parents and, and yes, the kids learn from how they feel around us a lot of times and, and they've, noticed, they've noticed the feelings, they've noticed the actions and, 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 and only then after that they've noticed the words. So a lot Correct. of it is they, they watch us. Yeah. So that's pretty. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty uh, fortunate and thankful for our connection, for us to have this conversation, and and for me to learn. So this was an amazing learning Sunday experience with you. So thank you so much for having me, for having me you here, and I would. I enjoyed listening to your stories and. Perhaps there is a, if, if I can ask you with, with this podcast that you've established, what are some of the lessons that you are willing to share with your audience? Because often you put a spotlight on the guests. And <laughs> often, always. <laughs> <laughs> what are the things that you would want us, from your experience, from your parenting or childhood, what are some things that you would want to tell? Maybe there's a story that you want to share with your listeners, I if think you would be the guest. <laughs> I
0: think what I what I was interested, the reason why I was so interested in speaking to you is um, because of the communication. I think that is the greatest lesson that I've learned as a parent is... Um, having open clear communication with your kids and creating an environment that allows the kids to talk to you. So, um I'm African and the way I grew up is, you know, most African households operate as a dictatorship, you know. Um not anymore, but as when I was younger, it was more of a dictatorship. So, in the same way now, I do parent in that way where my husband and I, we make the decisions, you know. But what we did do for our kids, we've informed our kids that they have the rights and they have the ability to always question the decisions that we've made. I does not mean that I'm going to change the decision I've made. It just gives them the opportunity to voice their opinions or the fact that they're not interested in the decision that we've made. And we will listen, you know, call a town hall meeting whenever you want to. We will listen to you. We will hear your reasoning and your rationale. And that's great. As long as at the end of the day, you understand that our decision is final. And, you know, occasionally they have done that. No, they've done it more than occasionally. And sometimes we regret that we gave them (laughs) the option to do that. But they've done that. And occasionally, actually, we've changed our decisions based on the conversations we've had with them, you know. Um, So that is one thing I've learned as a parent is having open communication with your kids or creating a safe space for your children to talk to you about their feelings. I've also learned... Just being vulnerable with your kids. You know, growing up, I never had the opportunity to be vulnerable with my my parents. And um, now as an adult, I can't be vulnerable with, I still cannot be vulnerable with my parents. And I don't want that for my children. So I do share my feelings with them. I do talk to them when I'm having a bad day. And my son, he's so cute Every day when I come home from work He is the only person in my household That will ask, how was your day? You know And he's seven He's the only person And I will sit there and I'll tell him all about my day Who was angry with me What was good about my day um, And then also Talking to my kids When they were younger When I pick them up from school And i say, how was your day? And they'll say, it was good And that was it I said, okay, next day, how was your day? It was good. Okay, so I changed my approach. How was your day? It was good. Then I would say, what was good about it? Tell me three things that were good about your day. And then we start to talk. And what that has also shown me is that it sparks conversation. So that it comes out, well, it may not have been so good. Then we can talk about what was not so good about it or the teachers or the friends. And it it helps me to learn about the friendships that they are making. So there are different lessons. Um, Listening to this podcast, I'll tell you this much. While going through the journey of this podcast, the one thing that every guest, (laughs) every single guest that I've had has um, told me that they wish their parents had taught them or, That they wish they received from their parents was actually to know that they were loved and that they mattered. And it's so interesting to me. I've spoken with people as young as in their early 20s, late 20s, 50s, and it's the same thing. That is the one thing they wish that they had from their childhood, just clearly knowing that they were loved by their parents
1: that is okay that is crazy to even as and and i totally can relate to it as a parents we think well the kids know we love them exactly right and then it's more like but wait did you tell them yeah <laughs> so the whole idea of unconditional love and they they need to hear it especially those whose love language it. are words Correct.
0: Yeah, it's it's, And I find that I found that to be so interesting Every single person said I wish I knew that I was loved And I said, wow So what that means is I We have a house You have food You go to school I hug you I buy you things There are gifts on birthdays There are birthday parties But I actually have to make the conscious effort to say i love you not do not show but actually say i love you
1: <laughs> that is uh, and i think you are making a big difference with us as a parents and adult to hear this because sometimes we lose track of thoughts we know it but then we forget to give it to our kids yeah, we we want this love feeling but then we forget to say I love you to our kids because we're too busy of making them um, into doctors we'll and engineers them. yeah and pushing them harder and all they want to hear is I love you. That's crazy. Yeah. Thank you for doing it's this.
0: So oh no, it this has been therapeutic for me as well. Um the past couple of months recording this has been Therapeutic and so interesting, and it has actually made me a better parent because I'm learning so much. Just and listening to you, you know, today I, I'm starting a Girl Scout troop, and I'm going to find time, and I hope you have time because I would love for us to have you as one of our activities to teach the girls about communication. You know. Um, because i think that's important my son is very shy he does not like to talk <laughs> to people but he's so smart so listening to you i think it what you are providing will be beneficial for him you know so that he's not so um scared of a crowd or public speaking i, I would love to be a part of their journey yeah. So um, let me see. So I wanted to say, um, you know, I I work for a nonprofit, so I understand the challenges of being a nonprofit and the decision to be truly in service to others. So I want to commend you for making the decision to change the lives of youths. It's such a purpose driven decision, and I want to commend you for taking
1: that on. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was, I was a, well, I am a parent, and I know that all of these things are, everything is so expensive and demanding and i wanted to make sure that the kids have an opportunity to learn this skill regardless of their parents ability to pay for expensive classes because a lot of those who do figure out the classes and some have some classes it is an, an expensive process so the yeah. reason i wanted to be a nonprofit because i wanted to bring it to Everyone and, and to those who need it the most, and a lot of times the lower class is the one who need this skill the most in order for them Correct. to grow and to break the family traditions of just living paycheck to paycheck because Correct. it's, and the kids need this. And, and I wanted that. And the reason that's a nonprofit, because I want to make sure that I reached as many kids as possible with those yeah. It's commendable.
0: So tell me, where can, why don't you do some plugs for your business and your, um, your platforms? Where can
1: people find you? the easiest way the simplest way is projectbu.com that's okay. the website that has social media links to other to other places to the instagram to facebook i do have classes online classes because again i wanted the geography not to be the boundaries i wanted to reach as many as possible in september we i, I am starting a new series of public speaking and communication class for middle schoolers so It is upper elementary middle school it it is something that my sweet spot now because that's where my daughter is at so the course link is on the website as well i do it in increments of 10 weeks that gives a parent kind of an an idea to try it out i am going to have an open lesson on september 6th and everybody is invited and it's on the website you can register for a free class just to meet me for me to meet the kids for them to get a feel of oh that's not going to be Another class was the teacher looking at you and making you do things. We are playing. We are having engaging activities. So I am excited for the school year to start. I'm excited to meet yeah, new parents, yeah. new teacher, new new students, new influencers, and like like yourself, podcasters, those who are making a difference. Um, my like-minded people in this. So if you think that you want to be a part of Project BU, want to contribute to a Project BU, want to be a student at a project BU. ProjectBU.com is where you can find me.
0: All right. Sounds great. Alrighty. Thank you so much for taking the time today.
1: And this has been an awesome Sunday. Thank you. Thank you so much for your wisdom, for all the things, for all the things that you do. Because I think we all need it as parents, as kids, as students, as human beings. So thank you so much for making this a part of our life and for us to be able to have a place where we can be vulnerable and we where we can be heard and learn stories from others so we know we're not alone and things are possible that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs>